0: you. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Ramped Up, this is episode 5. It's also uh, part 2 from before. Um, So, should we say episode 4.5 actually maybe let's not complicate it. But yeah, we're going to continue asking the questions from yesterday. Um, Just sort of having a conversation and see where we go. Uh, We have our list of questions. We have questions that we will ask uh, Like. That will come up when during the episode. My name is George Blouse.
1: My name is Ryashenko. And I'm Lexi Bushnell. Uh,
0: I have no idea whose turn it is to answer questions.
2: We left on Lexi, and I think it's back to me, you, then her again, and then back to... Okay. What role models with a disability do you know of?
0: Hmm... Uh, more role models? I don't really have any role models.
2: Okay, let's not say role models, but just people you know of in the media, for example. Could be an influencer, could be an actor, could be a comedian, it could be anyone.
0: I don't know so many actors who are disabled. Um, and I don't know why that is. I think... Part of the reason might be that um, people keep their disabilities hidden in the media. Um, there are a couple of people who I have seen in documentaries. So like, uh, oh, what's her name? Rose Ail- Aisling Ellis. I think I'm that wrong. Um, but she did a documentary for BBC recently. And that was a cool um like, kind of heavy, but a really good documentary um, about being deaf Rose Ailing Ellis, and the uh, documentary is called Signs for Change. Um, and it was a really good um, documentary, actually. I'm not finished watching it yet. Um, but really powerful. Um, yeah. i encourage you to watch it.
2: And you say it's on the BBC, right?
0: Yeah, BBC iPlayer.
2: Um, I'm sure they would make design, these
0: things international
2: they really should There's really so there are a few documentaries that have either come out or are coming out one of them being Rosie Jones's one which I'm also interested in watching because it is such a huge topic of discussion currently, especially it was talked about during the expo that we went to um I'm just, cu- I mean, I'm just curious of the content. Yeah, it was discussed kind of, um, mainly because of the title. That that's why it was discussed at the expo. Uh, I'm just curious with the content of it, and like what it's about, rather than the controversiality of the title. But yeah, um, I also know of Adam Pears- Pearson, Pearson, Pearson. Adam Pearson. I'm so sorry for butchering his name. Um. I mean, I don't really watch much of his stuff, he is an actor, I've only heard of him a little bit, I think mostly I know him as, um, what is docu- um not documentary, the film he did, and, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, at the search, but Under the Skin, I have watched it, it's really good, um, that's
0: about it, really. I don't really know him too much. I wouldn't really say a role model. What about you, Lizzie? Who, uh, who would you say? Have any disabled role models or disabled people in the media that you kind of look up to or are inspired by?
1: We're about uh, looking up to, but definitely um, inspired. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Amy Purdy. She, uh, was a snowboarding Paralympian and she went on to, uh, she, she is a double amputee. She lost her legs, um, as a little kid. Um, I think she got meningitis and she went on to, uh, dancing with the stars. Uh, and, she, Amy Purdy is actually the person who inspired me to write uh, Pop and Jay um, in my Draglets of Makara series. Uh, she very much inspired the character and kind of got me started in writing. Because um, I was thinking of uh, how, what kind of life... Amy Purdy might have had growing up, and I don't know anything about her personally whatsoever. I've only seen her on the covers of magazines and on TV and such. Um but that did kind of inspire me to write. Now, a lot of people that I'm also thinking of are much more in the past, but like, believe it or not, like as bad as Hollywood is in the past they actually did some things right um there was a recurring character i don't know his name i don't um as a kid i was a big fan of uh the show highway to heaven and there was a uh, a quadriplegic man who uh who was a recurring character. And um, throughout the series, we saw him get his law degree. We saw him get married. We saw him adopt. A- and um, that was uh, like, I don't know, that, that's just kind of what I grew up was watching him. I don't know his, the actor's name. Um, he has, I do know that he has since passed. Um, but that one was much more, uh, I don't know, kind kind of helped formed my, uh, my perception of disabilities was watching his character. I'm trying to think of, um, of some more, like in the past there was uh, President Roosevelt, I think it was Franklin Roosevelt. I'll be really embarrassed if that's wrong. Who uh, was a wheelchair user? But because there was very little photography, there was very—he pretty much hid it, and um, and there's not a lot of pictures of him in his wheelchair. See, modern day though, like actually still alive today. I can't think of too many, I don't know, celebrities like a lot of the ones that I really enjoy are more TV characters that people have created. Say, I don't know if uh, Spencer Reed would be on Criminal Minds would count. Um, I don't know if he's autistically coded or something. I don't know, but a lot of them are fictional. So it's hard to come up with someone who is still alive and is still a celebrity, besides Amy Purdy. Yeah. And that's, that's that's all I can think of.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, I've not heard of any of those people. Um, it's nice to know that there are these people, I guess, Uh, that you're aware of. I think that's really important to have. Uh, It's important to have people who are in the media who influence you and, um, you know, these sorts of things. People who inspire you in the media and people who are like you. Um, I remember when I was younger, when I was about ten, there's a guy called Nick Ujicic. Um and he has no arms, and no legs, and he's a uh, a pastor. But he's um, he was always really inspirational. He's very outgoing and very um, you know he doesn't fit the stereotype of disability. Um, very uh, yeah, outgoing, very uh, willing to try anything, not let his disability hold him back, um, and just uh, a good person. Um, and I think he inspired me when I was younger. I thought he was pretty really cool. Um,
1: someone I can't believe I forgot and I thought about him earlier and i um, uh, uh, Pete Gustin. He, he is world famous. Um, I guarantee pretty much everyone has heard his voice. He is a voice actor and he, does um like movie pr- movie promos uh especially for action movies he's got the deep voice um he started going blind as a child and now uh he is uh he- he's almost completely blind uh he can he can see light and not a lot else but uh he has a youtube channel uh, called The Blind Surfer with uh, Pete Gustin. But we don't see his face very often, but he still is, he's, he has um, performed in a variety of cartoons. Um, he has been actually featured as himself, I believe, in a few uh, animated things. And of course, the thing he's most famous for are uh, movie promotions.
0: There's a question here. What daily problems do you think wheelchair users have in your town? Um, now, this will be interesting to answer because, um, you know, both me and Julia are wheelchair users, and so we can give a very long <laughs> list. But Lexi isn't. So, Lexi, what problems do you think that we have? Daily? No, let's make this a, like
2: a uh, reasonable guessing game. What do you think is...
1: Like the problem, exactly. and we'll tell you if you're correct. Kind of there. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I can, I can mainly say what I have heard of what other wheelchair users have said. Carpets and rugs are the bane of their existence. Oh,
2: thank you. Thank you. I love you already. <laughs> In the thinnest is
0: a nightmare. <laughs> uh, I will say that, it, that our terrains work like sand. Mm.
2: Right, but the thing is the difference between a manual wheelchair and a power wheelchair. Power wheelchair is not too bad in like sand, grass, gravel, well, gravel, depending how deep the gravel, gravel is. Sometimes it's alright. Are you having a laugh?
0: Sometimes
2: sand is not okay. Sometimes it's alright with, um, the
0: for body. a power chair, I might as well be in quicksand.
2: <laughs> Maybe because I, have fault, I avoid, like, poles or staying in one spot for too long or just don't, just don't, keep, just keep moving.
0: I would have thought, like, my chair would sink less than yours because, you know, my legs are much shorter, so, you know, less weight. <laughs> I'm smaller. But, like, you know, I think... I I I might as well be swimming in the ocean and just drown. No, it, on it sand. does
1: actually depend on what kind of sand you are uh, referring yeah. to, because if it's the beach, yeah, you're going down. Um, but if it's <laughs> say like some kind of planter on the side of the sidewalk or something, mm. it may not be quite as bad. Uh,
2: Although, I will be honest, um, man-made beaches are a lot easier to go on because I realise they have less sand than they do... Because there's one actually there... I don't remember why I went, actually, but I went with my family. But they have, like... You can get onto the sand. It's not that deep, really. Like, you won't sink too far down because there's not a lot layer of sand. It's mainly, like, a bit of concrete with a bit of sand on top. Like, a makeshift kind of thing. But they label it as wheelchair accessible mm which I appreciate. But, yeah, it just depends what kind of sand, because if it's, like, wet sand, that is quick sand. (laughs) If it's dry sand, it's a little bit easier, I want to say.
0: Yeah, I just know that whatever sand it is uh, at the beach, my chair will sink, um, and that has to come to the rescue.
2: Have you ever been digged out before?
0: Thankfully not. Well, I've been picked up. I've had my wheelchair picked up. A few times.
2: Same thing.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know Same what? Thing. Talking about the beach reminded me of how aware I am of my surroundings. Because, you know, you get, like, those promenades, and then you have, a like, a boat ramp to let boats go down to the sea on the trailers and stuff. Um, so I was going down one of them, but it had been poorly maintained. And there were two massive cracks. They might as well have been ravines in my eyes but they're massive cracks one after the other and I look at them and you know when you know you're in danger your mind works really quickly so like I was like okay I'm in my manual chair I can like do a little wheelie over the first massive crack but if I do that then there's no way I'm avoiding the second one so I'm like okay either way whatever happens it's too late now I'm going too fast to stop in time I am going to fall out my chair So once I realised that, exactly, so this is what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm aware of my surroundings and I'm used to thinking quickly because people give you no time to think. Anyway, so I'm like going down at speed and I just let myself fall. And because I've done all of this thinking, I catch myself because I'm like, it's going to happen. You're going to need to catch yourself. Unless you want to have a massive graze down your face. You are going to, you know... um, and there's two, two elderly women behind me having a heart attack <laughs> because they're like, oh, that poor little disabled child, they're falling over. Oh, no. And I'm like, uh, I just, I knew my dad was behind me, so I'm waiting for him to pick me up because my chair landed on top of me. Um, but, yeah, that's um, an insight into being a wheelchair user. You have to be aware of your surroundings because if you are not, people will blame you for crashing into them, even if they stop like, that far in front of you, you have to stop.
2: Please, I can't, I don't stand people, or, like, people that walk in front of you at the last second, and you graze their ankle by accident. Yeah. But, what I was going to say is, about the entire story, you can tell, he's more of a manual chair user, and he has more experience in it than me. Majority of my time has been a power chair, and I know, kind of, I know my ways around of getting to places in my power chair instead. So as Joel might think, well, actually, Joel, you make fun of me all the time. And it's because I have, like, kind of anxiety and trauma from falling out of my chair twice when I was a child. Why I won't go down, um, oh, my God, I won't go down down on ledges or, like, get down from pavements. It's with all the, um, all the... What do you call it, the thing that you use to get up over steps and stuff?
0: A curb climber.
2: Yeah, I can't do those. It gives me such bad, like, I get scared too much with it, so I don't (laughs) use it. So I literally will, like, controls like, oh, come on, let's just go over this. I'm like, no, I'm finding my own way around. See you (laughs) in a bit. I would literally have to find a drop-down curb just to get up on it, to get onto the pavement. While this guy just trying to jump.
1: Yeah. yeah, I am scared. I reverse
0: I... onto the road.
1: I, I will be honest. I have never heard the term curb climber. The, now when we're done, i got to Google that.
0: Yeah, I I don't have it on this chair because this chair doesn't actually need one. I had one on my old chair. It's like this little... Um, Julia has... Oh, you're not in your power chair. I'm in my manual chair. But if I do, I'll go to the picture of it when
2: I'm done.
0: Yeah, take a picture of it. Um, it's a little like rubber thing.
2: But yeah, carpets, again, nightmare. <laughs> Especially if when you're in a manual wheelchair. I remember when I still lived in London, I believe the first two years was with this like thick, white plush carpet everywhere, apart from the bathroom and the kitchen area. So me trying to get from my room to the kitchen, for example, was a nightmare. I hated it. My mum even hated it more because it was a white carpet. And you know how I use my manual wheelchair absolutely everywhere, right? So I would go through every single biome or, like, season or whatever. Like, it would be raining. I would have mud on my wheels. We would be going out, like, we went to a beach once with um, my school for something. I don't remember for what came with a bunch of sand on my wheels she was not happy about that either um or like after I showered or like took a bath or something and because I use a shower chair she would have to like move that shower chair to my room to get me onto the bed obviously getting the carpet soaked as well so she was not very happy about that just in general carpets are a wheelchair uses nightmare in any circumstance.
0: Uh, it's definitely one way to get more fit oh
2: yeah
0: carpet is like the best way to make a wheelchair user exercise like oh, yeah. that will get you so fit so quickly
2: I'll get a
1: treadmill
0: just get a carpet <laughs> yeah my carpet is the it is definitely the equivalent of a, of a treadmill
1: okay what about let's say um you're on flat pavement. Uh, what about like a pebble in just the right spot? Does that stop you? Um, like I know, like
0: if you, yeah, if you are in a manual chair, oh my goodness, yeah. Well, it doesn't stop you, but um, you feel it. But not only that, it changes the direction of your chair, like mm-hmm. the tiniest pebble. Will suddenly take you into the road, oh my goodness. Um, And yeah, um, I I feel like they do also stop your momentum, which means you have to work harder. Uh, Like, it's so irritating how a pebble like that small can just like change your direction completely. And that's another reason why I am hyper aware of my surroundings.
2: (laughs) Again, it's another reason why I get a heart attack with Joel every single time. (laughs) <laughs> like he's managed right picture this Lexi right he has bad hearing as it is Imagine I do not with headphones
0: crossing the, road,
2: crossing the road when the light hasn't turned red for the driver he just goes oh I'm he's lucky crazy.
0: I'm not in, in America because I jaywalk all the time but
2: I get jaywalking you just break every single law imaginable <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm a teenager okay leave me alone
2: so am I <laughs> I'm uh, a responsible one hence why whenever we're around and he gets cro- he gets close to the lights like the crossing like oh my god traffic,
0: lights?
2: traffic lights that's <laughs> the one I was looking for traffic lights I always said, to him Joel wait <laughs> Cause he She's will not like... a dog No, I no, I treat you like a child because that's what you are. <laughs> you I'm act like a child. You. No, you act like one sometimes. <laughs> but no, like I get such a bad heart attack when he when it comes to him and crossing the road. Honestly, <laughs> even like when there's no lights, he doesn't even look. He just whizzs down. You don't
0: see me look.
2: No, I, I don't. Know. See look because it I do look. in my brain you do this <laughs> like that and you don't just
0: <laughs> yeah when when i do it i go like that that's all i need i don't need to spend 10 minutes looking at a road i
2: love how you trust your own peripheral vision that much i would not be able to
0: <laughs> yeah
2: again that's is... that another thing
0: how aware put away my surroundings
2: wait how long are you a power chair user then
0: the year seven, so
2: twenty fourteen.
0: Oh damn, that's longer yeah. than I am. I thought I was power chair user longer than
2: you. Twenty seventeen.
0: Yeah. Oh. Mm. Wow, you barely
2: use it. I use it more than I do. I listen. I can barely get Same. out of my out of my out the door with this one.
0: Yeah, I'm in my power chair now. I'm not even going out, but I'm in my power chair now.
2: But when you, when you, when that transition happens, it's so hard to adjust. But now, if someone said to me, "Go to central London in your manual chair," you might as well sign a, you know, sign my life away at this point. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's not happening, no. Nah. Um, what else do we? Okay, another thing about pavements. In the UK, when you have pavements, sometimes in some areas, especially in London. They use tiles, like concrete tiles, don't they, Joel? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They I, use uh,
2: tiles, yeah. although recently they have been changing them to just flat pavement, like no, none of those, um, oh my god, those tiles. Wait,
0: well, what, I mean, what are you talking about? Are you talking about, like, cobbles? Or are you talking about the ones for bicycles?
2: Uh, no, I'm talking about when you go on the pavement itself, there's like...
0: Oh, like, the tactile paving.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. I hate them with a passion because if they are accidentally cracked or not laid flat or if there's a tree plant and then the roots have grown there making it like on un- like you can't even get over the roots. I'm just always mm-hmm. wondering to myself, why bother putting those like t- the, the the those tiles there? You might as well just put solid concrete over it or here's a thing you should do. Don't plant a tree in the middle of the pavement. <laughs> There's an idea. Don't do that. Why do they do that here in the UK? Why do they plant trees? Nice. I know, but they plant the biggest trees, who then no, plant they plant small trees, trees
0: which grow.
2: Yeah, I don't know what they feed those trees though. <laughs> it's like they get buff, grow roots, and all of a sudden you have to go over mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it feels that way though it feels like a mountain the amount of times like me and joel and also you guarantee that there's like a mountain of the roots right the way that you can go past them is like very narrow so so who is walking past has to wait but also me and joel can't go at the same time we have to go like one after the other otherwise it's not gonna go well
0: I'm sorry, you killed me with a mountain of leaves.
2: Mountain of roots.
1: I I think it's a great analogy. <laughs> Fair enough. I I am definitely... I mean, you can't imagine what a manual
2: manual chair user has to do. Because if it's bad for a power chair user, what what, what do manual chair users utilize?
0: Oh, oh man, she's
2: I'm sorry that is so funny, but it's the truth. I don't know how else to describe it.
0: Oh, we are enjoying these two episodes, that's for sure. With my uh, stomach sinking into my anus. <laughs> oh <my goodness.
2: laughs> you <got> milk, apparently. <laughs> you can oh. see the real adults fit. This is not a child friendly
0: show. No. Or well, Anyone who told you that we are children. We were very right, but that does not mean we play with other children.
2: No, we're children, but with adult brains, apparently.
0: Yeah.
1: Or yes. no, or no, you're adults with children brains. Oh yeah, there
0: you yes. go. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we are something, and it is not known what we are. There we go.
1: Um, I'm something too. <laughs>
0: uh, I am quite something. What? Whether it's good or bad, I have no idea. Um what, what else? There's so many other things about being a wheelchair user. What other like things?
2: We've, we've talked about the regular things all the time, like, you know, the step-free access on trains, to this, to that. Yeah, we've done we've them all, to we've death. We've about the same thing. What other things that we find annoying, but we don't talk about?
1: I feel like talking about the wheelchairs could be a... Uh, um an episode all in of itself. There's oh yeah that's so so much.
2: But also it will show how my little I know about how wheelchairs work because Joel is like the engineer also. I... you
0: No, know, I got thanks yesterday for um fixing people's wheelchairs. Um and I'm like oh yeah I did like I carry a toolkit with me because my old chair in particular. Used to like the screws came undone all the time. So, you know, that's, that's also part of being a wheelchaser. Like, rather than carrying, uh, um, well, I guess people that carry first aid kits, but like, no, rather than carrying whatever average people carry, I'm not an average person, so I don't know. I carry a toolkit with me.
2: But here's the thing I think because you get out of your chair and you're able to do that, you know more about your chair because you go around and like you actually look at things yeah but the thing is like you have fun with my chair also the amount of times he's gone off his chair and switched off the power supply of my chair <laughs> <laughs> like it's a thing I've, I've,
0: i also like you've driven around and i've dangled off the back of it or something
2: yeah yeah <laughs> imagine man- monkey bars i'm not
0: scared of chairs. wheelchairs
2: imagine a
0: imagine wheelchair you're scared of wheelchairs that'd be uh,
2: Gosh. ironic That's, if the day you get scared of chairs is the day that humanity has lost all hope. (laughs) Literally.
0: Oh, wow. Seriously,
2: if if I ever get stranded anywhere and I don't know what to do with myself, I would know who to call because I, he knows anything and everything about a power chair. Oh
1: my gosh, gosh. wheelchair
0: heights. I know a ridiculous amount about disability. (laughs) I always get like imposter syndrome and like, like, I'm sorry for knowing so much. It I, I feel reality. like if, if knowing um, about wheelchairs was a crime, MI6 and CIA would both want my hands.
2: I'm just saying that it's a good thing, though, to be honest, because if I'm, like, stuck somewhere or if I if someone asks me a question about my chair, I would not know how to answer them. <laughs> I feel like I would have to take you to... Actually, No. I'm okay with my wheelchair service because they know me enough to know that I can't explain things too well. But when I tell them something's wrong with my engine, like the power supply. Engine.
0: Something, engine.
2: You know what I mean. Well, like the motor, whatever you want to call it. The fact that I know something's wrong because I hear a noise, I can't tell them exactly what I think is wrong. They're like, okay, we'll just take a look at it. and like, thank God you can just look at it because I won't be able to tell you what's wrong.
0: You just called it an engine.
2: Power supply, engine, motor, whatever you want. Motor. It's a engine. Okay. I can't. It's my car, okay? <laughs> I don't pay MOT on it,
1: though. All right, let me... Um... And I don't oh, my goodness. Let
0: me ask you... You literally called it an engine. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> moving on, because that is causing me too much distress.
1: <laughs> okay, Lexi, next question. <laughs> it's your turn, now. Um, well, no, I want to go back and... Uh ask one more thing regarding the wheelchairs <laughs> um all right so as any kind of equipment and as you guys are talking uh they break down what are the most common problems that you have or what's the most common thing that uh, breaks or needs fixing my aunt? motor all the time i don't know what it is with
2: my chair.
1: really
0: mm.
2: All the time. I only
0: had that once when I broke down at Wimbledon, right next to a, pla- well, on a platform. That was a uh, interesting evening. <laughs> that was one way to get stressed out. <laughs>
2: I think the most annoying, like, um, thing they had to fix for me was the front wheels of my power chair. Now it's not their fault. It's not, it's not the problem of them like doing the job itself. It was the, um, the order order of the wheels to come in to their, um, to their location. Took them seven weeks, six, seven weeks. So I was six, seven weeks unable to use my power chain and get out the house. Thankfully, this was still when we did like hybrid learning still in college. Mm. So I literally just emailed my teachers and I'm like, hey, I've got a problem here. I can't do anything about it, because this was also when everything was so far behind because of pand- of the COVID pandemic. Like waiting lists were extremely long, even the most like um, emergency situations still took a bit of time. Um, I come to find out they did have them for like two weeks. It was just hidden away. And nobody was aware that it was the one yeah. that came in. That was the most frustrating one I've had, I think.
0: Um, I am looking for an image. Oh, I can't place it on the other side. Wait let me.
2: What's the thing um, the longest on, Joel? Wait, what? What's the longest like um, repair that you've waited for? Like whether it was a part uh, in or then actually fixing it?
0: Uh I don't know actually. I honestly don't know. Um but you reminded me of when you're talking earlier I'm sorry, I'm gonna go backwards. Um you reminded me when you were talking about the tactile paving for crossing. You reminded me of um these tiles that I call wheel killers because they literally break your wheels. Or at least they break my wheel. And just start to get little 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 like that. Um, I sent a picture on Discord and I will, um,
2: put the image of the video. Is it the, one, the, with, it, the, the one with the bumps?
0: Uh, they're like strips of bumps.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sense. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and they are another issue. They have literally broken my, or Newton the axles on my wheels before and I had to tighten oh, yeah. them up. Uh, so that's something I've had to fix a few times. But the thing that I've had to fix a few times as well, Like the um, handlebars and like the armrests and stuff just come in loose over time. Um, That's like my most common thing.
2: I've had my joystick disconnect before. Mm. That's also a frequent one that I didn't realise until it happened to me when the wheelchair uh, uh, wheelchair service company that I'm under, when they came to fix it because I couldn't get to the clear there to come to me. They said to me, Oh, this is a very common thing that happens and I'm like, yes. Seriously? Can you imagine if that yes. disconnected while you were out somewhere? God forbid if you were crossing the road, for example, because that is gonna be like the biggest scare you will ever have in your life. Mm. Thankfully it happened right before I was about to leave, like out my front door. So I was still in my mm. kitchen, right? With family around. I mean, I mean,
0: when you say your joystick disconnecting Do you mean the knob or the actual, like, what happened?
2: The cord. The cord thing. The the thing that plugs in. Does that make sense?
0: Like disconnected. Oh, wow. I don't know.
2: Like, I think it got ripped out somehow. I don't remember how this happened at all. I don't think I was doing anything with it. I'm amazed
0: that happened. Because it does take some force to get it out.
2: I know it does. But the thing that they tell me is, like, it's a very common thing that happens. Makes me wonder what do people do to have them like ripped out or like unplugged, like what did they mm. do with them? Cause I even mean, I don't uh, remember what I did. It had to be like after a long long period of time. Cause it couldn't happen just on one, like one day just disconnected. Yeah, I don't remember doing anything drastic to it. And the thing is I do like catch on things like on chairs and things with the cord mm. because it does sometimes come off. It's not like attached to the side of my armrest. It sticks out slightly, so to me, like I always hit it, I always catch on something, but I never went to the point of pulling. That mm. so made me wonder what I actually did. I still don't know to this day. Haven't happened. Not convinced it not happen again, but still, <laughs> that was scary.
0: I the worst kind of faults are um, like when they're temperamental, like they they're not persistent. So I've had one recently, like ongoing, where um. My chair thinks it's, like, risen up. And when that happens, the chair slows down as, like, a safety feature. Um, and it also thinks it's tilted back at the same time, which means that um, it doesn't drive at all. And that's happened while I'm driving, and I'm not, like, even risen up or tilted. Um, so that's one that I need to figure out how to fix.
2: The thing is, sometimes it gets to a point where you can call them up, like the wheelchair services, or... When you have face-to-face appointments, like sometimes I even mention it during my face-to-face appointments because it's easier to show them in face-to-face in real life than it is to explain it over the phone. But sometimes even they don't know what's happening or how Mm. to help you. They're like, oh, we'll just figure it out on your next appointment. I'm like, that's not helpful. That is not helpful at all. Okay. Shall we move on to our next question? i
1: believe it's lexi's turn to so the the original question is what do you think of the paralympic games which means alongside the olympic games um so for both the summer and winter uh olympics a few weeks after the regular olympics end are the paralympic games and uh paralympic does not mean uh paralyzed or anything like that it the word para means besides so it is a second entire new set of olympics um but what is featured in in the paralympic games are adapted sports um what are your opinions on adaptive sports and um do you play any and what, what ones do you know about
0: Yeah, so I think we saw, we spoke about this in episode three when we talked about the Disability Expo. So I tried two different wheelchair sports. So I tried uh, wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby. I was better at wheelchair rugby, and that is a club that I will try and join at some point in the nearest future. Um, and then I, I do powerchair football as well. So I was out with friends yesterday uh, with my powerchair football teammates uh, it's the end of our season um and so you know we went out and celebrated and stuff um so yeah, those are the two sports that i do the power chair football isn't a paralympic sport but the wheelchair rugby and wheelchair basketball both are um and yeah i actually got offered to play for the um national not national team the national league so um uh, um, you know, get up into a different team but I couldn't, I had to turn it down um, because the travel would have been insane I wouldn't have been able to do it um, mm. but yeah the, the, that's the sport that I do I mean I'm, I'm interested in doing wheelchair rugby as well um, I only did the taster sessions about half well, an hour I think um, but yeah I enjoyed it it was a very good sport <laughs>
2: And for me, it was just um, one time in primary school, they had someone come in who did um, wheelchair basketball professionally. And I think he played in, like, a couple of teams and stuff. Um, So it was kind of like a taster thing. It was actually quite fun. It was entertaining seeing my my classmates trying out wheelchairs. Like, they could not... figure out for the life of them the um the movement or the momentum of how to use a wheelchair but um that was kind of like the first um taste of um I guess accessible an accessible sport um obviously things like tennis I did for a little bit but not like anything like um, wheelchair teams or anything like that is just as a fun activity. Um, I don't really watch sports that much, like with the Paralympics and things like that. I do appreciate the fact that there is now more opportunities for people with different types of disabilities to do some kind of sport and that there are adaptable ways of getting them involved. I love that as a society and that we are able to do that. It's just not something I'm particularly interested in, to be honest.
0: You reminded me once we did the taster session of I can't remember if it was handball or go, uh, goalball, um, but we had to you know, get around on our hands and we were blindfolded, um, and that was really fun actually. I enjoyed I enjoyed doing that.
2: Mm. But um, I think it's becoming more and more popular. I think like. Uh like, adaptable sports for disabled people. Um, I know a couple of people from my university who also play, um, like, volleyball, uh, volleyball, my God, rugby, and um, basketball, tennis, all those kind of things. There's just nothing I'm really interested in.
0: Have you ever tried butcher? A what? Butcher. What is that? Um, I feel like it's a sport that you would... Like, enjoy them. If you had to pick a wheelchair sport, I feel like you do that one. Um, you have a white ball on the court, and um, it's a bit like a beanbag, kind of. Um, and you get different... Um, so there's two teams, so there's a the red team and the blue team, and you have to try and get your the ball of your team's partner closest to the white ball, and you can hint away the opponent balls. Um, that's probably explained really badly. I never really enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, that's a Paralympic sport as well.
2: Mm. I mean, I've been like encouraged, this is again in primary school, to do dodgeball. Let me tell you, it's not a good idea.
0: Oh, I did I dodgeball what, recently.
2: I don't know what it is, but the thing is, the difference between playing with other disabled players, so in wheelchairs, mm. and one disabled person in a wheelchair in a room full of able-bodied people it brings out the demon in people apparently <laughs> the amount of time that came out with bruises and the thing is nothing got broken no bones were broken for me shocking because i break my femurs quite frequently quite easily um just bruises nothing else <laughs> But it's fun, it's fun, but I don't appreciate getting, like, squashed and stuff. <laughs> um, what else was I? Oh, I don't know if you were ever done this, Joe, in school either, but have you ever been trying tried to be involved in football? Or they tried to encourage you to get involved?
0: Uh, not in football, but they did definitely try and make me get involved with PE, but I couldn't do and refused to make it inclusive. I then wondered why I didn't turn up to PE lessons and told me off for not turning up when all I was meant to do is sit down and watch people play football. I don't because know why he tried to make me do that.
2: There was a difference between for me. So in primary school, they tried to get me involved as much as possible, even making an effort to like make it adaptable. Like, for me, if they were doing football, I feel so bad for my TAs, like teacher and assistants. I feel so bad for them because they were asked, well they had no choice really, but they were asked to push me around the playground, me with a hockey stick, I don't know why they trusted trusted a six year old hockey stick, <laughs> but a hockey stick and smacking the ball around the playground from one person to the other the amount of people's ankles I hit it was not it was not the plastic ones, you'd think they'll give me a plastic hockey stick Also was a wooden hockey stick oh my goodness so, let me just say, it, nobody was my best friend during those games. I was not anyone's friend. But um, as soon as I hit secondary school, it's kind of where it stopped. Because a unique, I don't know what it is, I think you need to have like a paperwork signed off with one of your care providers. So for me, it was a physical therapist that had to sign off on a, on a plan of like activities I was allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Never had never done that and also they did not take the time to like make things adaptable to me so they just kind of left it and I think that also played into the fact that I never made made an effort to want to play anything mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I saw people's attitudes and stuff like I remember they once told me I could go into the sports hall while they were playing something in the in the big gym that we had um i don't know what it is when it comes to gyms right any game with a ball somehow i become a target like not that i get directly hit it's just i get hit with a ball around me it just create it just stems the fear out of me but while they were playing some sort of game that was very passionate game that mm-hmm. they were playing um i was just told to sit in the corner and bounce a tennis ball off the wall
0: Hmm. And I was like, that's such great fun,
2: thanks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and I told them that there's no way I'm going
0: to do that because that is the most boring Yeah, I mean, it's meant you to do it week on week on week. Like, if it was for one week, then okay, can't tolerate it. But for like eight weeks in a row, really?
1: Oh, that, that's very interesting listening to about your guys's, uh personal experiences through school. I, I can... Uh, I was always made to participate in the NPE and any other kind of events. I never did any kind of sports, but, um, I was always the last, last picked. I sucked at every kind of sport. Um, a lot of bad Mm. memories that, uh, anything with a ball, I was scared of the ball. Yeah.
2: Well when you get chucked at your face I do think it's a very um, pleasant thing to do I mean like I even see like Joel playing um, rugby and sometimes I'm like god if someone was chucking a ball at me like that I would just chicken out mm-hmm. You do come out with bruises though don't you Joel?
0: No well, not, not the way we played it because uh, it was a taster session it wasn't particularly violent I don't think you would get too badly hurt.
2: I mean, even Sports Day. I don't know if you, if you had Sports Day in yes. America, Alexi, or if you guys have that. Um, even Sports Days were not accessible to us, I guess to me at least. Mm. Um, because I don't know what it was with my secondary school, but they were very, like, adamant or, like, bes- like trying to get people to do... Mar- like obstacle runs and marathon runs um what's the one high jump is it how far you can yeah. jump from oh, the, far, the long jump the long jump there we go the long jump they also did um some sort of gymnastic trampoline thing where you're meant to jump on the trampoline and land somehow on you know on the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, a mat um kind of gymnastic stuff see these are the kind of things that you w- i would not be able to get away with mm-hmm. And they were again encouraging me like, oh, come and join us for sports day, but sit on the side in the shade, because obviously this is like, what, June, July, yeah, where it's like the most hottest time of the, well, hottest summer of the year while you're still in school. Mm. And you're just to sit there. Made me always question why I was there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: Do we want to move on to a different topic?
1: Um actually I want to add uh just a few things onto the end of that topic um there are i uh I've watched the or i've tried to i have i've missed the last couple watched the Paralympics like almost religiously for quite a few um, I don't know, Olympic things and so there's a lot of sports that um Many people have never heard of and don't realize is um it's very much real so um for example uh, uh there's there's uh something called five aside and seven aside, which is basically blind football um and for us Americans, it's blind soccer um where uh, the ball basically has a uh, a bell in it. And because not everyone's blindness means being blind, everyone has to wear a blindfold. And so basically then they do play uh, football, soccer. Uh, with all the other, uh, I think the same rules and whatnot. Um, there's also... One of my favorite things to watch is uh, the seat, the skiing from the Winter Olympics. And um, there are a kind of, you call them wheelchair skis. Uh, they're called sit skis. And there's a few different varieties. Um, uh, some look like a, a jet ski that are more for slaloms. And such, and then there are others that look like a stool on a set of skis that are more for like cross country, biathlon type of um, type of things. Um, also, one of the things, and I've I've wanted to uh, to write something kind of inspired by this, but for um, for a number of. Um, Of blind sports Um, there is both the athlete and then there is a guide um, right next to them and you can see this in running you can see it in skiing Um, in in running uh, their wrists are kind of tied together and uh, the blind person is doing the running um, and the Uh, the guide person is just there to keep them inside the, uh, inside their lane and skiing, skiing downhill, slaloming in and out of gates, wearing a blindfold and there's someone off to the side, uh, kind of giving instructions and whatnot, um, where to turn. It's very, um... Fascinating. And the closeness of the relationship and the level of trust that you have to have with someone is incredible. It's something I would love to write about, but I've not experienced it, but it is, um, quite fascinating to watch. There is also, um, uh, uh, sitting volleyball, um, I assume for wheelchair users, um, which they sit on the floor and they are able to uh get, it's a normal game of volleyball. So there
0: Wow, I forgot how many sports I've done. I remember doing that, trying that once.
1: There are just so many sports and adaptive sports is something that can always be well, adapted as sports become invented, um, as new tech is created, you know, more of a chance for people to play uh, is never a bad thing. So yeah, there's a lot more out there that we don't see. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, next topic. Go for it, Julia. What misunderstandings do people have
1: about disability? I'd like to start with that one, Um, Mm -hmm. that a disability is somehow earned in some way, that, uh, I think it's something that comes from uh, media, perhaps the, uh, I'm not sure, like, the in media, there's, like, the stereotype of the too good for the sinful earth, um, and, and, and it's just such a tragedy that has happened to them. Or, like, somehow that disability is related to a moral failing, especially um, when it comes to uh, physical appearance. The more unconventional someone looks, the more society tends to look, um, tends to think that they there's something bad about them. Uh, and, and, you know, we might want to say, oh, that's just in the movies. It's always the person with the scar or the burns. And it's like, no, that actually does lead into a regular society, but it is a bit more subconscious of, um, well, that could never happen to me kind of mentality. And it is very, very wrong.
2: I think the stigma of like, you have to be born with it To be able to have disability is often misunderstood. Um, I think we talked about this quite a lot on on the Expo episode where we kind of said that in the media, people are shown these adaptations of what a disabled person is. It's the person who is vulnerable, who's in a wheelchair, who's in a bed with an IV hooked up to them in a hospital. That's kind of what people are shown the most and I guess that's what's ingrained in them and now when they do face reality as in like an actual physical human being who is also disabled, they can't go bypass that. They think that, oh, you're not able to do a lot of things instead of thinking about let's see what they are able to do and if they aren't able to do a certain thing how can we adapt it it's always kind of the point of they can't do it they shouldn't bother trying yes although that mentality i think has gotten better um with now the advancing technology people who have like amputations they get a a biometric arm whatever you want to call it, how, how you call it or prosthetic um they, arm. prosthetic arm or if they've got prosthetic leg, or if they, um, there are some machines that do stimulate their walking ability for people to gain some movement of their legs or their arms, or being able to communicate with their eyes. If they can't, a- if they're not able to speak, for example. Um, I think also the misunderstanding needs to stop from the media itself because. For some reason, people would rather believe a movie than they would believe a person. Like, when we spoke about how some influencers or people that are popping up and talking about their stories, sometimes people attack them because they think, oh, someone in a wheelchair is paralysed from the waist down. When there are so many other reasons why someone could be in a wheelchair it could be that they can they are able to walk but just not long distances or they are able to stand but walking is hard especially when it's in like a very busy area for example like i don't know what it is it needs to change but it's going to take a long long time though i might be able to
1: speak to some of that um um uh... No, nothing good, I I, I promise. It, it comes from... So in a movie, you see kind of the entirety of the person. They, um, the entirety of the character. There's not a whole lot past it and whatnot. In real life, though, um, there are people who fake might fake a disability there are people who will fake something for attention and so there is a lot of distrust even when it makes absolutely no sense and is illogical a real person with a real life and real feelings and people automatically assume oh they're just doing it for attention oh they're just not working hard enough oh they're just not trying enough Um,
2: Yeah. But also, what percentage of those... Here's the thing, right? Another thing about the media and people believing what they see on the internet. What percentage of those people who are faking it? What's the percentage of that compared to people who actually have a disability? Probably very small.
1: Tiny, tiny compared.
2: But the thing is, for some reason, people are so hooked on the people who fake it. And then once those people are exposed for faking something they shouldn't, like a disability, then those people, because it gets so blown out of proportion I feel like, and then those people retain that information and then I guess take what they learn, whether it's good or bad, and use that to attack someone who genuinely has a disability. And it's kind of also uh, the beauty of the media, especially like social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, where you can mute comments and if you don't want people to comment or spew hate, you just block them and you get on with your life but still share your story, what you want to share. But it's also something we shouldn't be doing. We shouldn't be blocking comment sections just because someone thinks that because Bob has has fake disability, that means yeah. Jane should yeah. also be faking disability, even though she's been in a wheelchair since she was thirteen years old, and now she's forty five, for example. Yes, like that's the frustrating part. Uh, I
0: feel like if you were able to turn on and off your disabilities, not just um, not going on from like would. Uh, more- if you could choose, would you have a disability? But if you could turn on and off your disability, would you?
2: No.
0: Why not? Because, I mean, I feel like that would be such a cool thing. Like, I don't think I would, but I feel like from a lot of people, they would turn turn on and off. So why wouldn't you? From like an,
2: from, my, from myself, from an ethical point of view, I think that would be kind of seen as like a privileged thing to do, as in, for example, I can turn it off because I want to go to a concert, and I want to go and stand in the main area where everyone is like having a good time jumping around, all that kind of stuff. But oh, I feel too tired, I want to turn on my disability and be able to park in a disabled parking spot just to be able to get to the door closer, do you see what I mean? That kind of thing, I would not be feeling good to do, like having this kind of advantage above other people. But also, on the one hand, I would, because when it comes to -to face-to-face human interaction, I don't mean this in, like, social media, and I don't mean this in like like a media presence, that's what I'm trying to say. Like a media presence. I'm meaning like actual real life people that you meet I meet on campus, for example. I hate being talked down upon or I don't like being like them having to accommodate me so much. Like, oh they want to go out but I can't they have to rethink their plans because they have to accommodate a wheelchair user. Yes, it should be like an obvious thing, like, oh yeah, you know someone's in a wheelchair and you're inviting them somewhere, you should be thinking about it, but yet people don't. And I guess that's where I would be, would want to turn off my disability and be able to like go to, you know, go to central London and be able to come back home without that hassle of public transportation and get on and off the train or get on and off a bus or something like that. Um... <clears throat> But um, I guess so.
0: That's, that's my answer. I guess that's a good answer. It's a very good answer. Um,
2: very logical, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting an answer like that. It took me by surprise. Um, I I think I wouldn't do it because um, it's so it would be so. It'd make it would be almost difficult to keep changing your life because my disability affects me so massively. It would be a big change either way from constantly changing one to the other. Um, and I feel like I can actually be more stressed in trying to figure out whether to be disabled or not, you know?
2: In what situation would you feel stressed?
0: Like, um... Like, just just... I feel like i would constantly be debating whether to be disabled or not. What, what was um It's, uh, it feels like a rubbish analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway. A bit like trying to decide what shoes to wear. Um, I guess for Lexi more than even me or Julia. <laughs> but like, trying to figure out, um, you know, what am I going to do today? What, um, what scenarios am I going to come up against today? And, um, you know, would it be better for me to be disabled or not? Should I pretend? Well, yeah, actually, I guess it would be pretending because if you're turning on and off your disability, then that's kind of equivalent to pretending to be disabled because you don't have to be disabled. That's a weird thought. If you can turn on and off your disability, are you really disabled? That. Like a
2: black a moment. Do, 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 do. No. What I'm going to say is, um, <laughs> when you say turn off your disability, do you mean, because obviously we can have, because... Like, right. be
0: completely able-bodied.
2: Okay, because I was thinking, like, when you're thinking of, like, you've got a hundred, like, well, not a hundred, but like, you've got many diagnoses. Diagnoses? That way that yeah. word trips me up. <laughs> you get what I mean, but like, yeah. do you mean you're just turning off, for example, for me... Like, what you were thinking when you asked me that question, were you just thinking of me being able to walk, but still having, you know, I've got problems with my bowels, problems with my bladder, I have to take medication. Oh no, I mean like
0: completely able-bodied, like no disabilities at all. Nothing at at all,
2: all, even no meds, no nothing.
0: Yeah, nothing.
2: Okay, yeah, but then then when you think about it, if you do switch it back on... And you don't have your supplies, or you don't have things that are helping you. I
0: mean, if you are in complete control, so obviously you wouldn't turn it off until you're ready to turn it off.
2: Okay, but I, yeah, I guess. But then I, it would feel like I'm an imposter to myself. Like, because, as you said, it's such a big part of our identity and our lives. I don't think I would be able even to adapt myself, even if it was, for example, for a day, being able-bodied for a day. I think I would t- it will take me twenty-four hours just to figure out how to walk, how to do my routine as a normal person, being able to get around places. I'd have to relearn everything. Yeah. Like that's not gonna. I'm just imagining
0: you like walking around.
2: Bambi, weird thought. Bambi style. <laughs> <Really> Bambi style. <laughs> Do you know like when you have those kids that are starting to walk and you can just see their... You know how you have your feet like this, but your feet go inwards? Yeah. That's what I imagine myself doing. If I was able to (laughs) walk, like me just starting to walk, my legs like this all the time. Yep. I have thought about Um, it. I've had dreams where I was able to walk, but again, those things kind of stopped after a while. Do you dream about yourself? Like when you dream of you being able to get around? Because for me, it was, as a child, I used to, but now I don't.
0: I've never actually dreamt about it, I don't think. Which maybe I have. What's that? But that wasn't, like, the main part of a dream. That was just, like, you know, how dreams are weird. And it's just like, oh, yeah. And you look over it, and it's only when you wake up, and like, well, that was a pretty major point of the dream, but you don't realise it at the time.
2: Somehow, when um, I'm in a dream, right, and it's myself, I don't see legs. It's just, like... I'm seeing myself in I think most people do But like a third person view kind of thing. Like you're seeing yourself in front of yourself. But you don't I don't see legs, if that makes sense. I don't even see a wheelchair. Mm. I just see like from my waist up kind of situation. Mm. That was when I was a kid.
0: That's interesting, because you don't um your your feeling stops at your waist, doesn't it, yeah? Right? yeah. So it's like your brain doesn't know your legs exist.
2: The thing is, I do have these, like, random, like, I had it when I was, like, maybe until I was in secondary school when my legs would shake. And spasms, yeah. Yeah, spasms. I had spasms for a little while. They've stopped, actually, and I don't have them anymore. But, like, I would have them, and I guess that was kind of a way my body knew that I still had legs, I guess. The thing is, they still get oxygen to them and blood flow, and they're completely fine. But, as you said, I think because I have no nerves, and no feelings off my nerves from there. My brain just doesn't associate that bottom half of my body. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. Uh-huh. That's really
2: cool. It makes me feel like uh, x Sorry, let's see you again.
0: Oh, Julie. makes me feel like an X-Men. <laughs> uh, let's see you again, say something.
1: Um, Not really. Uh, um, I don't know about anybody else, but when I dream, I don't see faces. Like, I'll see the body, and I know who it is in the dream, but it is literally a big black spot for a head. Wow. For me, it's more
0: like mist. Do you... Like mist. Because you're autistic, do you make eye contact? Is that something that you do? Um, or feel comfortable doing?
1: It honestly changes from day to day. One thing I never do is, oh, I avoid mirrors, like the plague, and especially looking into my eyes in the mirror. That creeps me out um, so, so bad. Uh, But I do tend to look at people's shoulders more than their eyes. Um we've done several of these episodes and I was just noticing uh, a bit earlier that Julia wears glasses. That's something that never even registered and honestly I'll probably forget. Um, but yeah, facial details I don't really see and I don't, um, I, don't like, I don't like looking at people's eyes because I feel like, like, I feel like I come off as aggressive, um, or or that they might think that I am being aggressive or something. And it's not that at all. And some, some days it can just be natural and I can feel like a normal person and I have a normal conversation, but often, um, yeah, I'm probably looking at someone's shoulder. I had a really good question but I forgot it
2: should we do Lexi's one instead <laughs> um
1: what three superpowers would you like to have
2: are we talking about like in terms of disability or just in general just in general,
0: you... Instead wh- of flying, just walking. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of flying, we're walking. <laughs> oh,
2: please, I would not like to walk. Are you mad?
1: <laughs> but, like, if you... I don't know, like, if you touched a a stone from outer space and you got three superpowers, whatever they may be, what what would you like to get?
2: Um, probably one of them is, like, healing, but not healing as in, like, Jesus style, as in, like, getting, like, curing someone from a disability, that's not what I want to do. I mean, like, if you get a scrape and you're bleeding, or if you've got a burn, or if, I don't know, you've got a red mark, or you've got a bump on your cheek or something, because you touch something hot, or you got slapped in the face, for example, I would like to do that, like, touch someone and be able to, like, you know, heal that wound, um, maybe also teleportation. As a wheelchair user, that would be damn
0: efficient. Oh that would be
2: so efficient. Oh yes. They should do like like portals, like to get from A to B, like without having to use transport. Um, and then last one. Um. Mm. No, let me think of the last one. Someone else go, because i only mentioned two.
0: Uh, I did not know. I feel like teleportation is a good one. <laughs> that is. I would still bet. Teleporting
2: healing. Ooh,
1: um. I do like the healing one. Or being able to talk to animals.
0: Animals, really?
2: Yes. Okay. talking to humans is boring sometimes.
1: <laughs> I'd be terrified of what the animals would. But like say. talking
2: to humans is boring sometimes. So give me, give me a capybara. Let me talk to a capybara for like an hour. <laughs> if you, if someone. Anyone wants to get me something, get me anything capybara, I would love you forever. I feel like cats would have the most sass.
1: They would. Because
2: cats go off and do their own thing. Like, they're like, oh yeah, pet, 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 now leave me alone for 20 years. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you next week. See you next time. Five years. See you next week. Well, think uh, uh, imagining... either a cat can be really cuddly and loves humans, or like give me food pet me for 5 minutes i'll see you next week
1: <laughs> that's a cat yep i would um i i'd actually love invisibility just to turn invisible whenever i i just heard the last part which was that's a cat <laughs> oh Yeah, to have a choice whether or not I'm invisible. I would
2: be like in some situation, I'll be amazing.
1: Maybe um also some kind of uh telekinesis where I can lift up an item and bring it to me, or um or you know like the whole uh Fantasia Mickey Mouse thing have the broom sweeping the floor. Uh, on its own, yeah. the The one thing I would not want is flight. Heights terrify me. It looks fun, but I'd be scared to death.
0: Uh, I think we've reached the end of our list of questions that we had. Um, we only came up with a few questions ourselves, but we adapted a little because. Uh, but I, I enjoyed that. It's cool. I felt like it was a good um, uh, team building. No, that's not what I mean. We're getting it's to know great. each other. Um, yeah. And I definitely enjoyed recording these two episodes. Um, but yeah, it is the last week of July now. And so that means that we are now not going to release an episode a week. Because, oh my goodness, that is flipping unsustainable. And I cannot do it anymore. Uh, not without losing my absolute sanity. And sleep?
2: Um,
0: and sleep too. I had six hours sleep last night. And, last night? Well, uh, I zero the night before. And five the night before. So I'm way behind on my sleep right now. And I am also... Uh, I've also kicked off a load of things off my to-do list because I was like, yeah, they're not going to get done for a month. So uh, i neglect neglected to be people. So, yeah, might need to go back to that. But we will still be releasing episodes just maybe every two weeks or so. That might be. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got a few ideas for guests and topics. One of those being disability sports. wheelchair football in particular, I feel like that will be quite good. We're also going to try and get people on from the Scope. with Disability Equality Charity and people from WizKids. Ooh,
2: so, yeah. Uh,
0: Again I got emailed from them like three weeks ago and I completely neglected I haven't responded yet. So No,
2: I was meant to do that for you but then I forgot and I got distracted and I now am doing <laughs>
0: again a bunch of other things with scope, so that's great. Yeah, I was that I'm sure I asked um Julia to do that and did, didn't get them. You or did tell I didn't. me I did look at it, I just forgot. Yeah. Anyway, um so yeah, that's the end of our week the episode. Thank you very, very much for joining us. It's been a privilege to be here, for you to have come to listen to us each week. And um, thank you for all the love you've shown us on social media and everywhere else. Um, If you were with us at the Expo, um, it was great to see you there. Um, And yeah, we will be back in a few weeks. um, Keep an eye on all of our social media for more updates about what exactly happens next. And we will see you very soon. Uh, For now, it's goodbye for me, George Bross. Me, Julia Chenko. And me, Lexi Bush now. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.